Today's Unseminary podcast episode is brought to you by Church Community Builder. I love how these guys help church leaders make and grow disciples by providing software and coaching focused on improving operational effectiveness. Church Community Builder provides leaders like me with insights into engagement of our church community, helping us close the gaps that allow people to slip away unnoticed. Visit churchcommunitybuilder.com to learn more. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. My name's Rich, the host around these parts. So glad uh, that you've decided to tune in today. You know, every week on Unseminary, we try to cover, you know, wide variety of topics to help you with some of the practical stuff that's going on uh, at your church. Today, you're in for a real treat. Uh, we're just going to be so glad that you've put us in your earbuds today. Uh, we've got David Fletcher with us. He is a, just a fantastic leader. Uh, you, he is the executive pastor at EV Free in Fullerton, California. He also runs uh, a ministry called xppastor.com, which you might have be familiar with them. They have a conference, all kinds of stuff uh, they do. So welcome to the show, David. Hey, good to be with you. Thank you. I'm so glad that you're uh, you're here today. Now, why don't we tell us? Why don't you tell us about EV Free Fullerton? Kind of give us the story. Give us a sense of your, you know, the church and and your role there. Sure. It's a historic congregation. Had a fellow named Chuck Swindoll here, one of the first. Maybe heard you know, of him. <laughs> <laughs> and and he was really one of the first mega radio famous preachers. Yeah. So back in the day, they used to have buses of tourists come to the church on Sunday morning. Crazy. So the church grew, it was a large church. Chuck left, went and became president at Dallas Seminary. Dale Burke was here for 14 years. And then Mike Erie was here for three years. Mike did a lot of missional things, very catalytic, Mm -hmm. very prophetic in his style. And now we're in a transition. And uh, we'll start a search soon. Mm, But one of the things that Mike and I really resonated together on and loved doing ministry was on how to give ministry away and empower the next generation. Mm, I'd love to visit with you guys for just a few minutes on that. Yeah, very true. I'd love to hear more about that. Obviously, one of the things that churches struggle with is handing off, you know, ministry to the next generation. What are you learning? You know, how are you kind of facing the challenge of mentoring younger staff and leaders? Well, you know, I added it up this morning because I had never really put a pencil to it. (laughs) And about one third, 11 out of 30 of our Mm. ministry staff will only be with us for four years. Wow. Intentionally, and they know that, because hmm. we want to train them and release them. And we want to cry when they leave, because it's really hard. Mm. But um, we we want to see them launched, because mm. seminaries are great. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, I'm talking to unseminaries. <laughs> but we know what the seminaries aren't covering. And right. so no one in seminaries is teaching somebody how to do my job to be an XP. Right. Right. And uh, similarly, youth pastors. So, mm-hmm. you know, we have seven folks, three in junior high, four in high school ministry, who are going to be with us for two to three years. Hmm. Train them, release them. Then we have another 10 or 20 interns I haven't even included in that mix. Wow. They're just with us for a year, mostly volunteer, a few paid. But we, we really believe in empowering the next generation. And success is not that everybody goes into vocational Christian ministry. Right. Success is that Jesus remains in the front seat, the driver's seat of the car. 
and that they decide not to put Jesus in the back seat mm. as just a ride along for the rest of their life. Hmm. Well, let's dig into a couple of things you said there. So now you're intentionally, this feels like a fairly controversial idea, intentionally training up staff to let them go, to release them, to send That's them other right. places. That's Why right. would you do that? That seems crazy. You're investing in them. You know, you're investing kind of relational capital in them. And then you're saying, okay, go get out of the nest. What does that look like? Well, you just hit it right on. It's, it's wonderful, and you get some of the best and brightest, but you have to be ready from the get-go that they are going to leave, hmm. that this is a short-term position. Mm -hmm. Because, well, one, church is really expensive for mm -hmm. a lot of full-time staff over the long haul, mm -hmm. and um, the schools aren't doing it, so who's going to train up this next generation of pastors? Hmm. Interesting. Now, so then, do your do, do the people that attend your church? Do they, um, you know, they have a sense that hey, some of these people aren't going to be with us very long, or is that does that kind of run in the background as a leadership, you know, issue? We, it's not hidden. It's not a hidden agenda, mm -hmm. um, and it comes out from time to time. So, you know, the listener is going to hear it. Some people will be surprised when some of these folks rotate off. Right. But the rest will be like, oh, yeah, you've kind of like been saying that for three years now. Right. <laughs> and we understand it. But we don't want to see the person go, but we understand. Right. Well, and I think, you know, particularly in some of those roles, you, you know, having, uh, say, a youth person stay for four years is about right. You know, there's a lot of churches would kill to be able to have their guys stay for four years, you know, because that seems to be a, you know, a high turnover area. Giving some purpose behind that to train and then release, I think, is a fantastic idea. Now, what do you do from kind of a, a you know, a, a role description point of view? How are you, what does that look like in one of these positions where you're kind of intentionally saying we want to develop these folks? Well, even before you get into the role, you have okay. to start with your budget and vision. Mm, right. You have to have the orientation that we value long-term staff. Mm -hmm. We just may not have as many as we had at one point in time, but we highly value long-term staff. Mm -hmm. But their role is to mentor and coach the people of God Mm -hmm. to be a believer priest, mm -hmm. not to only do ministry, but really to give it away, mm -hmm. and then to give it away to the next generation. Mm -hmm. And then you have to align your budget, and you have to say, hey, here is a certain amount of ministry dollars mm -hmm. that we may never see great fruit on, like with interns. Oh, we get a lot of work out of them, but it's not about the work, it's about the training. Mm -hmm. And on these folks, we may get a lot of their great training years. We get a lot of great stuff out of them. Mm -hmm. But their best years may be in 10 years. Right. Seeing the experience that we give to them. Hmm. Where do you find these individuals? Is this like, are, are they coming right out of school? Give me a sense of the profile of, you know, the, this kind of role. Well, we're close to Biola University and uh, Fullerton University and Fullerton College and mm -hmm. Hope University. So we have a lot of universities. So we can have undergraduates and graduates. So there's Talbot, there's Rosemead School close by, there's Fuller. So we have a lot of uh, a rich pool to call upon. Mm -hmm. And there's just a lot of people that want to explore this ministry thing mm -hmm. for in the youth positions a couple of years. Mm -hmm. And then in the, the more advanced positions, um, many of those are post-seminary. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Now, I would imagine almost like a teaching, you know, um, hospital that, you know, having this kind of influx of people on a regular basis is going to, um, in a good way, I think, challenge you to experiment, to try new things, because you're bringing in kind of newer ideas. Give me a sense of, you know, what's happening on that front in your church, well, what you've experienced on that front. That's really the beautiful part of it is, mm -hmm. you know, 
the question for you and for me, because I've been in ministry now almost 35 years, mm-hmm. is how do you stay fresh? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's Heraclitus' line from ancient Greece that you can never step into a river twice because it's always moving. Mm-hmm. So how do you keep fresh with culture when I don't have a full-time job to just go and understand modern culture? Mm-hmm. So what these folks do is they give us a wonderful window and they are brought fully into every area of ministry and leadership so that we say, hey, what does a millennial think about this? Mm-hmm. What does a 22-year-old think about this? So we recently had a 22-year-old guy preach mm-hmm. in our evening service, part of that preaching team. Mm-hmm. And we kind of get a picture of, oh, this is what resonates there. Mm-hmm. And this is do- what doesn't work for him. Mm-hmm. Then we need to be sensitive to that. Hmm. Interesting. Now, I would imagine a you know a big part of this. You're you know there. It sounds great. We want people to challenge. We want you know great ideas to bubble up. Is there a time where maybe you know some challenging from you know one of these uh, you know ministry staff maybe didn't go so well? And what did you learn from that experience? I would love to tell you you know pull out a story where it hasn't <laughs> gone well, but frankly, we experiment. We give people full all the rope they need hey mm-hmm. go try this and failure is is not an option mm-hmm. meaning it should happen mm-hmm. if we aren't failing at some period then we aren't pressing hard enough mm-hmm. into new and uncharted territory mm-hmm. uh, and we have very robust discussions so if somebody raises an issue you know let's say a 22 year old gal raises an issue mm-hmm. Well, then, you know, I may look at a 30-year-old guy mm-hmm. and say, well, what do you think about that? Let the mm-hmm. two of them sort it out. I don't have to be the arbiter and everything. Right. And then empower and challenge. Mm-hmm. And if it's a safe place, I never want someone to, to fail in an unsafe place. Right. But, hey, okay, you know, the safety net is there. Mm-hmm. And that's a fine event. You know, there's 50 people coming to it. Let's try that. That's wonderful. Maybe it's the next wave or maybe it's just a whim. But, you know, let, let's kind of investigate that. Yeah, I can see where, um, you know, creating an environment, particularly an environment where, uh, you know, you provide some guardrails. So it's like, hey, here's this kind of where we're headed and a safety net that, you know, it's okay if this doesn't go well um, is critically important as we move forward, you know, in training uh, and releasing younger staff for sure. I would imagine a part of that is then how you structure, you know, the job description and what the kind of their responsibility looks like. Can you give us insight into what that looks like? Well, they have a fully formed job description with plenty of responsibility. So I'll give you an example. John Hurst, uh, grad of UCLA, Mm -hmm. grad of UCLA Law School, Mm -hmm. high marks in that, was working for a firm down in Irvine making a huge salary that you and I could never (laughs) touch. (laughs) Right, exactly. But he wanted to get back in ministry because he had been with Crusade and God had been tugging at his heart since Mm -hmm. college. Very cool. And so when we opened up this four-year position for an assistant XP, we had him apply. He applied. Mm-hmm. Didn't know him from Adam. Hmm. And so we turned over the HR department to him, teaching him ops. Uh, this year, he ran the entire budget process with mm-hmm. every staff member. Hmm. Very cool. Freed up my schedule tremendously. Absolutely. Um, has revolutionized our HR department. He oversees all things legal and contracts. Uh, just yesterday, he and Eddie, I'll talk about Eddie in a second, visited uh, church. Um, uh, what's the name will come to me. It's in Santa Monica, West LA. <laughs> oh, it's a great new, it's a church plant. Okay, nice. Uh, Lorenzo Smith and mm-hmm. Casey out there. Um, collective church yes, there. The collective. I knew I'd get yes. it. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking Borg and that's not right. <laughs> Assimilation is futile. Or that's resistance right. is futile. <laughs> so, 
so you know we're we're building in him, but we're also learning from him. Mm. So Eddie's another guy. Eddie has a THM from Talbot, and came on as an assistant XP. He's helping helping oversee operations, but also along the way we discovered he knew it, but we didn't know it. This brother could really preach. Mm. Had never preached in a mixed race environment because hmm. he comes from a Korean church, and kind of took him a message or two to get used to that. And what fun we're having with Eddie. Very cool. That's very cool to hear. That's nice to get kind of an inside scoop, get a sense of what that, you know, what that looks like. What on the kind of job description side of what you do, um, is that a, is there like an annual process where you go through at your church? I'm sure there is to kind of review that and to make sure that things are kind of structured in the right way. What does that look like for you guys? Everybody gets an annual review. Mm -hmm. And part of that annual review is looking at the role description. And I believe in honesty in the role descriptions. Mm -hmm. So I want percentages of time because ministry Mm -hmm. is so fluid. Right. Well, you know, it's like, Rich, what do you do on a given week? Mm -hmm. Uh, For me, I probably work 40% on leadership issues, Mm -hmm. probably 30% on elder issues, Mm -hmm. another 20% on problems and Mm -hmm. 10% on ministry. Mm -hmm. And so then we look at that and we actually, I put it up on Apple TV in my office. I do a paperless office, no Mm -hmm. desk, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So I just put them up on the screen. I say, so Rich, you know, here's what's last year's of yours. What do you think that should be at this year? Hmm. So it's a dialogue we enter into. We do some correction that they mm-hmm. may or may not enjoy, but it's right straight face to face with their supervisor mm-hmm. during that review process. That's good. That's a great even you know a great tip that hopefully people are picking up there to talk about. Not just here are the things you should be working on, but let's weight them you know from a time and output, not just the you know the time, but also the results. Like hey, this is what we really need you to focus on in this coming year. That's that's fantastic. Well, you have to do that if we believe that our vision statement should be reflected in our budget first Mm -hmm. and then in our people's time. Mm -hmm. So how is our vision statement being reflected in what this person is doing? Mm. Because I can't can't handle a a three-page task list. It's like I don't know what that really means. Uh, But a one-page role description sorted and weighted by percentages of time. Now that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very cool. Well, when you actually get to the releasing of these leaders, what have you learned in that process? You know, what actually comes down to the, okay, you know, they're stepping out, they're going to go do something else. How, you know, what, how do you do that in a healthy way that, that honors them and honors the church? Uh, it's really hard. Mm-hmm. And really there can be a lot of tears because mm-hmm. you don't want to let the person go. Uh, you know, John Hurst has a year and a half left. Tammy and I were talking about that in the car in our morning Starbucks date. Mm. And uh, it's like, it's going to be really hard mm. because he's doing tremendous work. We love him tremendously. He's esteemed. He's mm-hmm. super valuable. But you have to end the conversation in your head by saying, if I keep him, it would be wonderful for us and terrible for the the church at large, hmm. because there will not be another person trained to do that. Hmm. So I'm 56, and that means I only get like in training XPs, I only get like two or three more cycles of this. Mm-hmm. So I better give it away now. Right. Very and then cool. you, you know you cry over it, but then you also prepare them, mm-hmm. and you help them with the resume. You help mm-hmm. them with contacts. Mm-hmm. You are their references. Mm-hmm. What better reference? Oh, it's huge. To say, yeah. oh, Rich and I worked together for four years. Mm-hmm. It's a four-year position. Mm-hmm. I love him tremendously, mm-hmm. but he now needs to go lead an entire church. This yep. is not the right place for him any longer. Right. 
Well, the thing that I love that you're pushing on, you're challenging us here today, I think particularly in these kind of senior roles, executive pastor, uh, maybe even lead pastor, a lot of times we don't have clear models of what that looks like to replicate those people. Because what what we, we say like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm training people around me, but I'm going to be here for a long time. I'm not going anywhere, uh, which is, you know, my sense from from your story. You know, there's no plan on going anywhere. So, hey, why, you know, how, what do I, how do I train people and actually, you know, release them? And I love what you're kind of laying out here to say, no, like this is ultimately about getting them to step out in other places. And I totally agree on the reference thing. If you've done any hiring in the church, you realize you get these people and their and their resumes <laughs> and you know a lot of times their supervisors aren't on that those list of people That's to call right. um and every time they are that person goes to the top of the list in my book yeah I'm like, we want to be their champions yeah there's something there if the if their supervisor is saying yes i'd love to to recommend you anything else you want to share on this before we pivot into uh, the last part of our episode the lightning round it's a lot of fun it's a lot of hard work it's a lot of investment but I think the person who grows the most is me. Mm. Is they're just feeding into my life. You know, you can look at the whole reverse mentoring book. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm just learning all the time. And uh, one of the reasons that I stay in ministry is for guys like this. It's mm. just so much fun to be around. This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. We're going to jump into the lightning round, that part of the episode where we uh, ask similar questions. Is there a questions. prize? Do I get a prize? You might. You might. Ooh, okay. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, similar questions. So uh, today we got David Fletcher. Super excited to have him from EV Free and Fullerton. Also from uh, X Pastor. A great site you need to check out. And it's not X as in previous or done with pastor. It's executive pastor. Um, you know, what's a, a, an online resource? you're using these days uh, that's helping your ministry well I like unseminary oh, you know, thanks. Found that a, no really <laughs> I found it you know when your name came forward as a possible speaker mm. uh, at the church and then uh, love leadership network mm. other than that I'm at like 75 sites a, a day I'm always trolling for news and just always out there love so it. I use a lot of aggregation things like you know, news or articles, whatever they're calling it on the iPad. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. What's a book you've read in the last, I don't know, six months to a year that's had an impact on your thinking and ministry? Ooh, that would be Night by Ellie Weissel. Mm. And Night is part of a three-book series where Weissel um, documents going into the concentration camp. Mm. And the most, the famous phrase that comes out of that mm. is that when he went in, he says, God died for him. Mm. And he became an agnostic slash atheist for the rest of his life. Hmm. The pain, the horror was too much. Hmm. And that, you know, I'd heard that phrase a long time. And I thought, I need to read the book where it came from. It's incredibly well written, an award-winning book. It's short, it's deep, it's powerful, and hmm. it's, it's harmful hmm. just to read it. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's hard to wrap your Mm. your mind and soul around that much pain. Hmm. Interesting, interesting. Um, if you could get 15 minutes with any leader alive today, who would you want to get that with and why? Well, since you said alive today, that makes it... <laughs> <laughs> there was a, um, oh, that'd be Tim Cook. Oh, nice, from Apple. Be like, yeah, so, hey, Cook, you know, you followed Steve, jo- Steve Jobs. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the development of the Apple Watch. Let's mm-hmm. talk about how to live 
beyond somebody's shadow and mm -hmm. have this most the world's most successful company. What does all that mean? Mm -hmm. That's fascinating. You know, he, he would be an interesting one because from a market value point of view, you know, there was this sense of is it going to survive post right. Steve Jobs? And actually the right. opposite has happened. It's actually flourished under Tim Cook. Um, but it's obviously a totally different leader, right? He's he doesn't have um, you know, he's just a totally different guy and seems to be, you know, forging his own way, which is amazing. So that's great. Well, David, I appreciate you being on the show today. When you want to kick back, have some fun, relax, get out of the office, uh, what do you like to do for fun? Scuba diving. Really? Yeah, there's no conversation underwater. <laughs> you can't talk to me. <laughs> I know. I've been diving for a while. It's just great. Oh, very it's, cool. uh, it's athletic. You know, we're out there. You see some amazing stuff. You get with some great folks. And the thing about diving that's so different from the church world is diving is black and white. Mm. You do this at 15 feet. You do this at 30 feet. Mm. Here are the absolute rules. No bending the rules whatsoever. Right. Church world is, well, we've got a lot of gray. We have the absolutes. <laughs> But then, you know, it's like, well, how are we going to help this person and right. all these ins and outs? It's like, nope, not in diving. This right. is the rules. We're done. Yeah, you do this or bad things happen. So that's right. Very cool. Right. Well, David, if people want to get in touch with you or the church or, you know, how can they do that? What's the best way for them to reach out? Off the expastor.org website is best. Nice. Great. Yeah. Expastor.org. Great. Thanks yeah. so much, David. Really appreciate you being on the show today. You bet. Thanks. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary.